podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Home Sense. Why is it Home Sense? The prices make sense. Ooh, outdoor is in. Are those plates melamine? Pretty planters, pillows, lanterns. Pretty much everything outdoor. And the savings. What oh, makes sense to me now? Out save on outdoor. Find a store at homesense.com. People say treat yourself like you need a reason. But McDonald's treats are perfect for every day. Like bold McCafe iced coffee. Get any size for $1.69. Or pick up any size sweet tea for a dollar. The largest served in an insulated cup that keeps your tea cold. Feeling a little extra something-something? Try the classic bakery sweets like an apple fritter. With so many ways to treat yourself, you don't need an excuse. Just come back tomorrow. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. It's the Fatback 4 and it's episode 9 and woohoo! 3-0 to Liverpool, thank God, thank God there's nothing to talk about. Um, the usual crew are here, Matt, Ian and Grizz and yourself Gav, your host as usual. Right, straight to it, Liverpool 3, Huddersfield 0 and sure there's nowhere else to kick off but the team selection. Grizz, I'll come to you first. Um, I thought it was a little bit surprising what he done. You know, Mignolet and, and Lovren in particular, but we'll get back on to Lovren in particular later, but were you surprised with the lineup? I was, Gaff, I was. Um, you try not to, you know, I often <coughs> preach, so to speak, I often preach like you support the shirt. So whoever dons the shirt, you support, you know, at the end of the day, he picks the team and who gives a fuck who's playing as long as we get three points. But that selection did surprise me, did shock me. I kind of, I mean, even though at the start of the week we all thought, right, he's dropping Mignolet and Lovren next week. I did kind of think he's probably going to allow Mignolet to come come back into the team, or stay in the team, sorry. But I did really think he's going to drop Lovren. Um, Up top he went with a surprise. I didn't think he's going to pick Sturge. I thought Ox was a certainty to start. Do you know what I mean? Because his last last few... um, Substitute appearances have been decent. You know, his hand has been, he's looked, he's looked lively last couple of appearances. So I'm not going to be, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and say, look, I wasn't concerned with that lineup. I was. At the, at, at the start of the week, I thought we we're going to win 3 0. And I did say that in the WhatsApp group. I don't know if you guys remember. You won't. But um, when I did, when I saw the lineup, I thought, okay, this is going to be a long, arduous 90 minutes. And, um, so yeah, I was a bit worried with that lineup, but it all worked out all right in the end. Yeah, it did work out all right. But um, Ian, I'll come to you next. When when I looked at the lineup, um, you know the Mignolet and Lovren stuff stood out and had and did for the whole week. And you had Klopp come out and and make some positive kind of comments about the two lads that caused <laughs> uproar. But it was it was other areas of the pitch as well. I thought like Chris <clears throat> has touched on that that surprised me when it came to the team selection. But w- when you looked at it, I think you were a bit kind of thrown by it weren't you but like you said you know you look you support him come three o'clock yeah of course mate I, I i mean i was blown away by the team selection to be honest i thought what is 
Oxlade Chamberlain got to do to get a game for Liverpool? If you spent forty million or whatever it was on him, like yesterday was the perfect opportunity to give him a go. He's done well in his last couple of appearances off the bench. Uh, I was just amazed he wasn't starting. And then obviously you've got Lovren, Mignolet. I thought the midfield he didn't really shake it up at all. But what a, like you've just pointed back to there. What I said on Twitter was, that's not the team I'd have went with, but it doesn't matter now because the team that is out there is out there, so let's support them. And if we win at the end of the day, then he's made the right decision. And you can't really argue with the 3-0 win. So it's not how I'd have done it. It's probably not how you'd have done it. But 3-0, you'd have bit the hand off for that before the game. So fair play to stick. You don't get to where Klopp's got in his career with listening to outside influences. And obviously he doesn't listen to Twitter. But I mean... He's got to be strong-minded, hasn't he? Got to be. He's got to think, right, I know what these players are capable of. I know Mignolet had a fucking stinkhead the other day. I know Lovren's this. I know Moreno, whatever. I know Sturridge. Whatever, it doesn't matter. He's got to have his own opinion on these players. No matter how much he's, he's helped by his assistants and all that, he's still the one whose head's on the chopping board, basically. So fair play to him for having a set of nuts and, and sticking with it. Because I said to someone on Twitter before the game it doesn't matter who he picks as long as we win and he went no that's not right he should have dropped them and I went so it's more important that he picks the side you want and we lose and he just didn't answer me and that's basically what you're dealing with after time people just want to be right they don't they don't want to be happy they want to be right luckily for us we were all unhappy with the team selection but by 90 minutes I'd say 99% of us were very happy so job done yeah, no, fair point. Um, you're right, we're just saying Klopp doesn't get to where he, where he gets to without or by listening to outside interference. And, and like you said, he's not going to listen to Twitter, but you had like pros and ex-pros coming out and absolutely lashing Liverpool players all through the week. Um, and that's their job for some of them. Some of them are just sticking their all in because they're fucking arseholes, to be honest. <laughs> Matt, um, when you looked at the team, like Ian said, he doesn't know what Oxlade-Chamberlain has to do to get a game, but um, was the storage one... Was that a little bit of a surprise to you, or what was it maybe him taking from, you know, a little bit out of the foreign line and not putting him centrally, you know, letting him have a bit more freedom around the pitch and not being so much in the spotlight? Uh, I don't think it was that, to be honest. I think he was more reverting to how we played at the back end of last season when Studge came in and you put them both up top. Because although, even though Firmino starts on the left, he wasn't there basically the whole game. That was just covered by Moreno and his running. Uh, so it, you could see as well in the build-up play, uh, Gomez sitting almost as a back three. If he was getting forward, then he, he was he was covered by Milner and Hendo. I think he kept it a lot stronger at the back when we were going forward. It wasn't as gung-ho. Or we at least had three people back covering every time. And then we just ground them down. Because at the end of the day, every single one of their players is worse than our players. So if you just keep your confidence, and they all kept it cool, and he just kept the confidence, keep it going. And in the end, he was just confident in everything that he sees in training. And that's why he went with that selection. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Um, and like you said, Firmino probably was more central than, than the lineup suggested when it came out. Um, but look, into the game itself, Matt, I'll stay with you. And when you look, we, we probably take the first half as a whole because there wasn't many, much incident in it. There was a, a couple of nice bits and pieces, but nothing. Nothing where you thought, oh, that was amazing. And were you surprised at how Huddersfield played? Because we, we heard a lot 
throughout the week about, oh no, these lads don't lump it, these lads are confident on the ball and they take responsibility for the ball and they, they play football, but they literally went out, didn't they, and they decided, no, this is the way we're doing it, we're going to just frustrate, 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 and they got the, they got the first half out of the way fairly handy, didn't they? They did, but they didn't create anything either, because they probably looked at a lot of teams that come to Anfield and said, how do we beat these? And that is usually the way to do it, and they just they just didn't have anything on the break, and it, it may be because of what I touched on earlier, where we were sitting yeah. back more, and we did have the three men to cover, so when you do have like a Jamie Vardy or Harry Kane running past, it's not just one-on-one, we had a couple of men to cover, so we stifled any attacks and counter-attacks that they had, which is good of Klopp, because that, that's our one weakness. I mean, we're, we're never torn apart by great play, uh, other than City, but we were down to 10 men. It's never like we were dominated in possession for full games. It's, we're fucked every time on the counter-attack. So leaving them three at the back or having someone a little bit more aware, like Milner sitting next to Henderson, I wasn't the happiest of them getting selected, like, but it done a job and it done the exact job we need. So although they might have gone in quite happy, that wasn't their game plan at all. Cause I can't remember how many shots they had. Was it one? One, two, maybe, maximum? Two, I think. Yeah, yeah. so... They wouldn't have gone in happy. I think we would have gone in the happier team. Klopp thinks, all right, nil-nil, we'll stifle them. They're, they've got nothing. We can just turn off a bit now, get a few more runs going, and that's exactly what we did. Yeah, no, Ian, I'll come to you next. I think Matt makes a brilliant point there. Um, instead of us going out and going gung-ho and being left with two centre-halves that are probably really low in confidence and in Henderson, a defensive midfielder, that looks off the pace for me. We did kind of structure our play a bit better. We you know, we moved as a unit and we but we covered each other a lot better and we are we're probably a little less offensive, but you know, it probably suited the game even though they were they were so defensive. But when you looked at it, were you wondering when as the first half went on, yeah, Firmino, Sturridge, whoever else is on the pitch, but we're gonna need runners, we're going to need something. Were you were you worried as to where we're gonna get this opening from as the as the first half progressed? Yeah, I was. I, I thought we were horrific as a as a attacking force in the first half. Uh, Matt's right. We did we did keep going to three at the back. Uh, Gomez is really developing into a, a very good defender at the moment. His distribution was shocking first half, even second half to be honest. But he is, I think, in a couple of years he's going to be a top centre half if we carry if he carries on progressing. So I, I like to see him drop into the back three. Because I think that's where he'd be better. He'd be perfect as a right-sided centre-back, I think, in the future. But going forward, I've said it quite... As much as I like Sturridge, I would never pick him for Liverpool. I, I don't, he scored... A, his finish was tremendous, in the, like, in the second half. But he, he just doesn't offer anything in, in like, the build-up. Or he never wins it back. He's never... He frustrates me. He really does. I think he needs to be a superstar in a smaller side. Now, I don't think he's good enough. To, to lead the line for us, but the, the midfield three were all like for like all quite similar. Uh, I've been talking for weeks about us needing someone to transition the ball from midfield to attack. I didn't think we were doing that. Huddersfield uh, obviously came with a game plan because they've seen what certain teams do to beat us, and it's just keep it as tight as you can, and you'll get a set piece or something in the 80th minute, something along along those lines. I think that was their game plan. Uh, but Klopp. He did, like Matt said, he he did set up a little bit differently. He didn't go as as uh, 
as attacking as he usually does. And I think that surprised Huddersfield a little bit because you can't counter attack a side that aren't attacking as much. You take that away from them. So, and David Wagner, however you pronounce his name, he's another, he's another exponent of what Klopp does from the same school of football. So he's wanting to gang and press himself. So I think Klopp's just preempted how he's going to play, if you know what I mean. But, I mean, we'll come on to the second half in a minute, but first half I thought I was, when it got to half time, I was like, oh, this is, this is bad. There was clearly um, no confidence in the eleven. The crowd was very quiet. Uh, and I just thought, it, all in all, I just thought it was an awful game. First 45 minutes. Yeah, it wasn't good. Um, and I think, Grizz, when you look at it, did it, to me, and I don't know if you agree, but it looked to me like two teams adapting. Um, Liverpool adapting to the way they, they were playing. You know, the way Liverpool were playing themselves were trying to adapt that, that kind of not so gung-ho and, and trying to cover each other against Huddersfield, trying to adapt to a team where they were expecting to be attacked heavily, but weren't. And Huddersfield looked a bit shocked by that. Do, do you agree with that? Do you think that two teams were trying to adapt to things in the first half and that one made mostly for what can only be described as a really poor first half? I think it was more to do with sort of our current mindset, our form, isn't it, going into this game? Normally, we expect a gung-ho blitz start, don't we? But it was very apparent in that first 45 minutes that there was far more cautiousness to our play. And even though Klopp alluded to it after the game that he didn't, he, he didn't sort of, he was surprised at how many players we had behind the ball um, in, in, in our attacks. Normally, we're very gung-ho. It was definitely, it was definitely three centre-backs. Uh, Gomez tucked in nicely along them three, and I think even and again even with the Lovren last minute change, Clavin looked shaky for that first twenty minutes. You know, the Henderson was poor. I think Ginny took a really bad knock, didn't he? I think he was um, sort of slightly unconscious for a little while. That affected his rhythm as well. So just the general midfield, you know, it was definitely, definitely, definitely a bit cautious behind the ball. We didn't see uh, Ginny and. Uh, Milner sort of going ahead of the ball, making runs. Uh, again, only Salah looked really lively uh, in a couple of bits, even though he missed the penalty, which I don't think he should have took in the first place. Again, Salah was our only output. The only, the only thing that kept me positive, even though I, I agree with you, and I wouldn't pick Sturridge as well, you know, uh, at the moment for Liverpool. But the only thing that sort of I had a bit of hope in my heart was the fact that Firmino was playing closer to him. Firmino wasn't playing on the left. Uh, Firmino and Sturridge were almost playing. It was almost almost like a 3-5-2 with Salah and Mourinho as the wing-backs and uh, Bobby and Sturge up front. But the, but the three in midfield were very static in the first half. I thought in the second half, it became more of a 3-1-4-2, whereas the, you know, the, just Henderson sat and then the other four was given, like the, especially Ginny and... Um, Milner, they really picked up their games in the second half, really bombing and getting into the box. But the only thing that kept me going for that first half, Gav, sorry, back to your original point, was the fact that, you know, Sturridge and Bobby, the fact that Sturridge had someone around him playing close to him, sort of, you know, Bobby was collecting the ball deep. I always thought, you know, if we can get a chance for Sturridge, you know, he may finish. Because the build-up play, there was nothing. There was no, you know, he was not connecting the play. There was no hold-up play. 
Bobby was okay, nothing special. But yeah, that first half was um, one to forget. And I think it was just the current mindset we're in, the coming back off, you know, the Spurs. We were going to be cautious, but I didn't expect us to be that cautious. Yeah, no, it, it was it was a more cautious look to it. And I think it's only to be expected, you know, after what happened last Sunday and the week that's gone on. And, you know, there's a lot of bit, there's been a lot of talk from all quarters about Liverpool and their mentality and, and the way they play and how open they are. You know, they've got battered from pillar to post. Some of it justified over the last week. Um, but I think the one thing that stuck out for me for the whole, of the first half especially, was... We, we we weren't attempting anything. It was very safe and it, mm. suited, it suited Huddersfield because with us being that safe, Huddersfield could just stay in a structured 4-4, 1-1 or whatever it was and, and you know, they could snuff out any danger because we weren't risking anything. But look, enough for the first half, into the second half and an early goal was crucial. A goal in the first 15 minutes of the second half was absolutely crucial for this game because, the, as you know, the longer it goes on, the more nervous the team get, the fans get, and, you know, that that's not a good mix. But, Matt, I'll come to you. Um, we got one nil up through storage the minute the goal escapes me now, but it was definitely in the first 15 minutes of the second half. It was quite early in the second half, actually. And, um, okay, we were a little bit lucky with the build-up, but it was it was a top, top finish, wasn't it? Yeah. It, well, it's everything Daniel Sturridge is, isn't it? I mean... We all know he's he's a brilliant, absolutely brilliant finisher. The issue with Sturridge now is it it has to be perfection for him. So if that ball is like causing him to change direction quickly, or it's he has to battle someone to get there, or anything like that, then I don't think he scores it. The fact that he's running long, it's into his path. It's he can take a touch up and then and then finish it. It's exactly it's everything he wants in a ball, and he will always score them. That is Daniel Sturridge through and through. The issue with him now, how I see it, is it's the non-perfect balls, the the balls that other people will score. He's struggling to, like in the area if it's to his chest or like you know what I mean. He hasn't got that that touch anymore. It has to be there, and he will always finish. It's, it's the other bit of his game which is the worry. Yeah, um, yeah, I couldn't. I, I agree with most of what you said there with regards to if he has to change direction. For me, it's if he has to push himself and he has to go into that. You know, what would you call a leak kind of sprinting that worries me that he's just he's slightly off. But Ian, the finish is the finish is really really good. It's really clever and what he does. But like Matt said, there is there an argument for storage? You know, the way people say, oh, he should play between between the lines of the box. Is there an argument for storage to never be, always be, you know, ahead of the ball and between the goalposts at this stage? That's where you want them. None of this dropping off because it's that's what's going to help his game. Is there an argument for that to say, listen, you stick between those goalposts and you never come deep, stay up there and we want you in the box for finishing and, and that's it. Is that where his game has got to now? Uh, there's an argument for that, but it's not, it's not an argument that we, you know, that we want for our side. That's what I mean. That's what I said before. When he, I think he needs to be a superstar, like the biggest fish in a small pond now. So he would score a lot more goals if he didn't have to like lead the line and chase back and link play up and stuff like that. That's why he did is 13, like, 14, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly, yeah. He, he's a tremendous finisher. That finish is world class. 
you know what I mean? He, it's it, it oozes class. He's, there's no doubt about him that he, he's still got that in him. His technique is is flawless in certain situations. But like Matt said, it's the other aspects of his game. He frustrates the life out of you. Klopp wants him to play in a way that he's not comfortable and he's not going to adapt and his body won't allow him to adapt. So he just doesn't suit Liverpool's style of play. Now, I know that sounds harsh because he's just scored an excellent goal and if Bobby squares, gets the square, when he cuts it across the box after, uh, I think it was Henderson's pass, he, he scores an easy tap in. Like, so he could have got two goals and been dog shit, but I still think is that his goal just papers over the cracks with him, if I'm being honest. I don't I just don't think he's good I just don't think he's good enough anymore in terms of what we're after. Put him in a Spurs side, even put him in an Everton side, put him in a, a side that creates chances, even a Swansea, someone like that, I think he'd be sound. But what for what Klopp wants, we don't he can't provide, in my opinion. Yeah, I said this the, I said it the other week. If you put him in the team up there and ask him which I think Klopp is, to do Firmino's job, which is come deep and link to play. I think he's shite. But if you put him up there next to Firmino, so he doesn't have to do that, then he'll get your goals. But yeah. can we can we, he, can we carry him? That's the issue. I, I yeah, actually think Sturridge wants to play as a 10 now. I think he fancies himself yeah. as a, as, as a deep-lying striker. But he, um, it's not going to happen at Liverpool. No, he can't have that. He's not good enough. Do you know, do I think that's what he'd like, though. Chris, you know what? I'll come to you now. But like Ian's at the talking about that, and he's saying in a Swansea or in a in an Everton. I don't agree. I I don't think Swansea or Everton have enough of the ball. Enough in chances for him. Yeah, and, I was and, just going to say that. Yeah, and are far enough, far enough up the pitch and dominating enough for him. He needs to be in a team that are dominating games. Now, as good as we are in games, we don't dominate a lot of games. A lot of our games is like like a game of tennis. It's back and forward, back and forward, and. He has to do an awful lot of moving backwards to, to get into the shape and then try to get forward. You know, when I look at storage now, you probably look at it seriously, and I'm not joking, he'd probably be better off in the likes of a Barcelona where they're constantly on the attack and penning teams in where mm. he's using that, he's using say, that energy just to, be, just to be constructive with it, you know what I mean? Can I just say before, before Chris answers there, it's not that I, it's not their style of play that I think suits him. It's the fact that he'd be the best player at their side that it suits him. If you know what I mean, it's a mentality thing with him now. I think he needs to be, he needs to have a built around him, and he's not going to get that at a bigger side. I know what you mean by Barcelona, and he do well at Arsenal as well, probably. Oh, just, yeah, Arsenal's the pick for me. Yeah, he creates so many chances, but I'm talking for his own mental mental stance. I think he needs to be the centre of attention. He, that's what I mean. But sorry, I, I think he's you know, better on a break. Know. I think he's better on a break at like a Leicester. Imagine him instead of Ardy. That's the type of team I see him in. Yeah, but but see, Matt, I can't see him. No. I can't see yeah. him running like Vardy does. No, it's a phys- and Leicester see- play a physical game. He would not. He would. He could, oh yeah, that's his problem. Can't do Arsenal that. is just perfect. Ozil and Sanchez laying on a plate for him because the beauty. Look, the from in my opinion, right? Everyone's got their own opinions on Sturridge's best asset, right? In my opinion, Sturridge's. Uh, awareness of where to be around the penalty box is, in my opinion, he's got a natural... You know, people talk about natural instinct. Even the goal he scored, right? I don't know if Bobby would have been in the end of that, reading that play, or Dominic Solanke maybe. I don't think none of our other strikers would probably have read that. I mean, it, it looked simple enough, 
but you often see Sturridge getting on the end of back passes, sort of, you know, passes that go short. You know, he's, he's like that. He's, he's got this instinct, knack of being there. The goal, it did paper off the cracks. His performance was not very good. But the reason why I got excited at the end of last season, and this is what's, again, it, it comes back to Klopp's, you know, game plans. It's, it's quite baffling because where we got excited last season with Sturridge was when he played up top with a partner. Every time he played with Origi, they looked fantastic together. Every time he played with, you know, Firmino, whoever it was, you know, and we thought, okay, with Phil dropping in deep centrally, Sturridge with a partner, this could be fireworks. But it hasn't panned out that way. Now, if this was a strategy that he's picked for this game, then we've got to give credit, we've got to give more credit that we are to Klopp. Because if that was his and obviously, obviously it was now because when we looked at the team and I thought Bobby to the left, Salah on the right and then Sturridge up top on his own with that midfield three static, I thought we're going to bloody struggle here. Absolutely, we're going to struggle. But as I said, even though our passing and our general coordination of our play in that first half was pants, it was proper pants. It was, it was almost like the, the Roy Hodgson days. I'm not joking, guys. It was that bad, right? But the only thing that I kept thinking, I think thinking... Bobby and Sturridge, there might be a connection there. They're playing up top together. And, uh, you know, Sturridge's finish, look, his, his finish is sublime. That's a lo- it made it look so, so easy. He has that ability to do that. But um, he's got he's to play. We've, most, of, most of us, I think, agree. He's got to play in a two to make it work at Liverpool. Now, I don't know if Klopp's willing to, you know, do that every time Sturridge, he picks Sturridge. Yeah, the I don't think he will play in the two. Um, mm. I don't think it's, it's Klopp's way. The only hope he may have is if, if I don't know, if January comes, next season comes, and storage is still there, and Klopp decides to go back to what was considered his favourite formation, which was a 4-2-3-1, which is different to this 4-3-3 we're playing. You, you get that 10 a lot closer to the to the front man, and it may walk mm. from. But look, he got the goal, he got the opener. We were all, you know, it was more relief on my part. I don't know how you felt, but it was more relief that we, we got that opener and it meant Huddersfield had to come out. Um, Ian, we get the second, we go 2-0 up and it's, it's from a bleeding corner. I didn't know what was going on, you know. Uh, but it was good to see Firmino get a goal, wasn't it? And it was great to score him a set piece. Yeah, it was. I thought he had a good game, Firmino. Uh, one of the, the best things about him, even when he's not playing that well, he's always involved, isn't he? He's always working hard for the team and I think that's why he's so... I reckon playing with him must be brilliant because he's a pure workhorse as well. But he, when it goes to the corner, is it Firmino that should score just before that? I, I can't remember, but he he should yes. score. Not oh no, it's when he squares it to Sturridge, isn't it? Is that when he just balls it up? I can't remember, but we we should have scored or he should have done better just before. And so I'm glad he got that goal. Uh, it's poor Martin because he's not the biggest Firmino. He doesn't even have to jump. He heads it from a standing position, doesn't he? Yeah. It's that bit of movement, uh, though, isn't it, at the front post? That, that yeah, it's very, well. it's very good movement, Lee. And yet it yeah. is surprising because we are, we are terrible from corners, attacking-wise. I mean, Matty should have scored two. He missed an absolute sitter, the first one. So, yeah, but he's got a head shape like a 50p, you know what I mean? He's do you know what, though, mate? In, in the Bundesliga, he used to score quite a few goals, though. Yeah, piss-easy chances, they were, yeah. Yeah, he used to score headers. Yeah, he used to score like five, six, seven goals a season in the Bundesliga. I mean, I've just plucked those figures out the air, but he definitely did score. <laughs> we used to score he loads of goals. Guaranteed, guaranteed, he's never scored. Right? 
but he was he was known for it. You know what I mean? So mm. and he should he should have scored a couple. But yeah, it's a, Easily, it's a good yeah. goal. It set pieces are a massive part of football. Like teams like West Brom, that they, they only survive by set pieces. So if Liverpool can never score from them, then we're at a disadvantage straight away, aren't we? So it's nice to see us finally fucking get a goal from one. I wouldn't be surprised if we scored a, a, a couple of headers in the next couple of games now, because it's it's like opening the floodgates, you know what I mean? It's mad, we used to be proper yeah. boss at them as well. Like, even Sammy yeah, Ithier was just a monster, wasn't he? Even Scarlett. Yeah, Scarlett. We, 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 we were good under Gerard because Gerard was... Because, you know, that McAllister delivery was probably the best delivery we've had. Oh. I don't think anyone's matched that delivery since, have they? No. I mean, his his his, his set pieces were sublime, spot on. I think Gerard you know, was wasted remember, taking set pieces. I think he was one of our best headers at the time. He should have been yeah, in the absolutely, absolutely, Matt, yeah. Go on, what are you saying, mate? So, no, I was going to no, say, no, do you remember... Was... Sorry, go on, go. No, you're okay, Grace. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was saying, do you, know, we, do you know, we were talking about our set pieces and everything. <laughs> I, I said it last week that, you know, we need to score more goals from set pieces. And you could, you could, say, you could say even the Sturridge goal was a scrappy goal, like, you know, opportunist-type goal. Do you remember, uh, Ian, I was saying, like, you know, we don't score enough goals in sort of out of nothing. It doesn't have to no, be a I don't brilliant remember. move. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> no, of course not. No, you've had a, no, you've had a rough week. You're not going to remember that. Uh, yes. I, I, but, so, I, I, do you know I, what I mean? Yeah, so, so, do you know what I mean? We, it was good to see. We actually looked threatening. I mean, I don't know how what's Huddersfield's record for defending set pieces or what they're like normally. We made them look like Liverpool yeah. on set pieces because we looked threatening on every... I think we got the penalty on a set piece as well, wasn't it? it was a, I think it was a cross or a free kick or something. It was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and Matip should have scored at least two, in my opinion. We actually look threatening from set pieces, which were well, technically, which was it was my that's opinion. That's your opinion as well, funny yeah. enough. <laughs> I, uh, I can't Can I just say who's taking our set pieces. Is there an argument? Is there an argument to say because Huddersfield have been quite good this year, uh, and I was slightly disappointed with them. But is there an argument to say that David Wagner was a bit? Uh, he felt like he was in Klopp's shadow a little bit. You know what I mean? Do you reckon he lost a bit of his usual swagger? I'm sure the uh, yeah, man, I'm, sure, I'm, sure I'm not sure what the word is, but I, I think maybe he's used to he's used yeah too. Maybe he's used to being the number two, so he didn't have the confidence. Maybe I don't know. It just he didn't seem to be up for it as much yeah, as they have been in recent weeks. Do you know? Do you know when we? Do you know when we take the piss out of Steve Bruce bending over for Alex? Do you remember we used to always say that and like Mark Hughes and ever? You know, I'm sure there was loads of accusations of like, oh, fucking Wagner's going to just you know, bend over for, for Liverpool just to shaft them. And it did seem that way. You've got a point there. They did, they did look a bit uh, sort of slightly apprehensive. Do you know what I mean? Overall, maybe, or slightly... Yeah. In, in I think he just out. felt a, a little bit inferior because he'd always mm. been Klopp's right-hand yeah, man, if you know what I mean, and not oh, the my, main my, man. Arg- my argument would be he didn't expect Klopp to come out and play like that at all. I think he expected Klopp to go for us, a big angry reaction and, and go for from last week and go for... Go yeah, for there's some of that as well. It didn't, it, didn't, it didn't happen and it, it threw them a little bit. But mm. um, Matt, before Grace came in and told us Ian's opinion, um, I wanted to ask you, <laughs> um, <laughs> the, this goal for Firmino, um, he, got a bit of, he got a bit of grief last week um, over his performance and he wasn't really in the game and, and stuff like that. Maybe he didn't need the goal, but I don't think he can do him any harm, can he? You know, just another goal, notch another one, and, you know, he goes again now, rather than having that 
like everyone, having that sports kind of performance hanging over him, I think it, I think it'll do him a world of good. Yeah, definitely, mate. It's anyone who's playing up on that top line, a goal does so much for the confidence, and especially like a nice one like that with a nice little bit of movement before it. Um, and it was a good header as well, strong header down. It was everything he needs to do. So yeah, he's going to be. I mean, Brazilian players love it anyway. So he's going to have a a little bit of a flair going forward. He he didn't score since that penalty missed, did he? Was it severe? I know he scored. He scored away at um, Maribor a couple of weeks oh, ago. Oh yeah, they don't count. They're shite. But it's since well they the... do because I, I read it and they said we scored seven, so I think they all counted. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like he, he's been proper struggling uh, since that miss, and so anything like this, the goal at Maribor and now this one as well, they'll all count. And hopefully our attack starts to click a little bit better because it is just we all know we're, we're good attacking. It's just not clicking a lot of time. That is confidence. I mean. I don't know how much all this like is going and running all that bollocks, but confidence does help because you don't have to. You're not second guessing yourself. But I mean, as soon as the player starts doing that, as soon as players are start thinking about what they're doing, then they're not doing the right thing. But when when it clicks, they all just know what to do. They know where the mates are, and it just happens. And and goals do breed that. So yeah, it'll, it'll be great for them. Do you know what? Right, last year I think it was I had a I put I'll say discussion and put it politely. With, a, with one of the, the main stat heads on one of the other pods, and he said there's no such thing as confidence in football. And I was just like, right, firstly, that just sums up that you've never played football before, obviously. And it's because it can't be quantified on a spreadsheet, because you can't see it in the amount of runs you've done or the amount of sprints or whatever. They don't understand the importance of confidence. Yep. And it Absolute is bullets, huge. Yeah. It is huge. Like Matt just said there, you overthink things. When you're confident, you'll try a volley rather than bring it down and have another touch, or you'll lay it off to someone when you're not confident. Like Harry Kane will shoot from anywhere at the moment because he's just on cloud now. Whereas Firmino is probably likely to lay it off because he's been struggling a little bit. Confidence is massive, and when as soon as that first goal went in, it was almost like you did fifty thousand people in the ground just to take a big sigh of relief, and then the whole game changed then. It's a confidence is huge in football, and anyone who doesn't think it just reads too many spreadsheets. Yeah, well, you, you know what? Um, you brought me nicely onto this onto this next goal because um, if you don't think confidence is part of the game, I don't know. I I, I don't really want to talk to you. Um, the the thing about it is like, not even the tour goal. If you go back to like Clavin for the first fifteen minutes, I don't know what he was on. Like he was he must have had about four or five points in the fucking players <laughs> lounge, not thinking he was playing and then got called at the last minute because he was all over the shop. But Grizz, um the tour goal, that's a confidence strike. That's that's one where if we're if we're at nil all or maybe one nil, you know, that's one where he probably looks to play it out wide or turn back and, and try progress the play. But when Alan gets that out of his feet and it's past the goalkeeper before he can even before he even reacts, it's 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 hitting the back of the net, isn't it? It's a very good example. It's a very good example of confidence. You're right. After the after two nil up, I think that was probably in the you know we 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 started coasting. We started playing the football that we know we can play. That we have played sort of even this season. Do you know? Suddenly, you know, it came. It all came flowing back, and that was a confidence. It was very similar strike to the one he scored last game of the season Middlesbrough uh, versus Middlesbrough. Yeah, you know, just uh, very, actually, it was exactly the same. Uh, near enough, same corner, everything, pure sheer power. I mean, I did, you know, he grew into that game, didn't he? he that first half, as you said, Claven, him, there was, especially that left side was just non existent for us. 
it was poor. But in that second half, everyone's, you know, Henderson's passes were sort of very passive and, you know, what people criticise him for sideways and backwards passing. Everyone was playing the cautious pass. And that's down to our confidence as a team again, as Ian says. But it was just very, very low. Everyone was taking the extra touch, an extra second to think about what they were doing. Second half, it was more instinctive. I think Klopp definitely probably gave them that, instilled that confidence, like, listen, let's step it up now and just take these risks. And we were taking those risks. And that, that, was, that was a pretty handy move, actually. It was, it was one of those picture, picture book goals from us as well. It was brilliant. It was a, it was a good little move. And um, a, a tremendous finish from Genie, and he scores again at home. Yeah, well, as well, not yeah. just that, the, the pass before it from Emmerich, he had the easy pass outside him, which was uh, Milner, or Millie, yeah. as, as Ian likes to call him, down the right. And, uh, I do we, not like <laughs> to call him Millie, I'm not having that. Yeah, he likes to call him Millie, and he likes to call the other fella Studge. Studge, yeah, Studge Millie. Fucking Abby. wankers. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so he had the easy pass, which... A lot of people would have gone for it, but because of the confidence, he played it into Salah's feet, and it, Salah actually had someone on him, and there was another person in between them, just just to the right. It was the mo- a lot more difficult pass, but it was the right pass, and he went for it because of the confidence. I don't know if that's just because we're two 0 up or whatever it is. He went for that pass, and it was the right thing to do, and it led to the goal. And it's little things like actually he broke he broke the line of the because they they had two banks of four. He broke that first bank, and that's everything that caused the goal. It's definitely down. It's definitely down to confidence, but it's the sort of thing you'd like to see us do when we are one 0 or one all, because they that's the game changing sort of moment. Exactly. You know, teams are expecting you if you're low in confidence or if you haven't got the courage to play it, they're expecting that ball to go out wide and for it to be thrown in the box. It's but the pass to Salah is the sort of one you want to see all game, regardless of what score it is. Have that confidence in yourself and be that little bit different. But look, lads, it was three nil. Um, it's 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 a good win. It's the sort of win that, you know, a lot of people went over the top last week about sports. Probably us included. We we absolutely slaughtered players here last week. Um, this week we're giving them credit. You don't go too over the top. It is only Huddersfield, but it's a good win. It's the sort of win where you you have to put them away, and we did. So we go on Maribor on Wednesday and stuff like that. But quickly, I just wanted to ask you, Ian. I'll come to you first. Who was your man of the match? Eh. I'd probably go with Henderson for the second half performance. He'd done a couple. A lot of it goes unnoticed, but he was pointing people around the pitch, and he was. He tells Firmino where to pull off for the first goal, and I think he gets a lot of. Myself included, give him a bit of shit last week, but I, I don't think there was any real outstanding performances to be honest. Everyone was solid, but I just give it to him just for. He played a couple of really nice long passes. That that deserved better. You know what I mean? So I'd go for Anderson for me. No problem, Chris. Who would you go for? Yeah, on 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 Twitter, I did say Henderson and Milner, but I've um, since then I'm going to narrow it down to Milner. I did actually think, without being spect- spectacular, he kept us going. And in games like this, you need someone just to keep it going, keep it going, ticking. And I actually thought he was quite sort of, you know, senior role. He played quite, he is a senior player, but he sort of took responsibility. And, I, and, and what, what Ian's saying about Hendo directing players, I saw Milner do a lot of that. It was nothing spectacular. You could say you could make a case for Joe Gomez, who was solid without being spectacular again. I mean, there were, you know, Moreno was decent, didn't put a foot wrong again. But I think, I think James Milner, just sort of for that experience and 
He kept us going, even though we were, were not playing brilliant. He just sort of kept the ball ticking over and kept trying to make spaces. And I, I, I love the way he covers players. You know, he's a very underrated. Uh, in, intelli- his, his intelligence is very underrated. Yeah, so he's I'd a very smart player, isn't he? Very yeah. smart. So Millie for me. Millie for you, Millie. <laughs> 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 you got me oh, lovely there. <laughs> <laughs> So no votes for Studge so far, Ian, unfortunately. Um, so Ian, you've gone with Henderson. Grizz, you've gone with Millie. Um, so Matt, Matt's, who are you Matt's having? Game, Matt, you Matt's, having? Game, Matt's game for Emery for that pass, aren't you, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> well, you pretty much talked about every other player on the pitch, so... Um, <laughs> I, I think... I all that spot, whatever Chris said there was Ian's opinion. I think, I think the whole team was just... No one was really excellent. The whole team was just good. Do you know what I mean? So it's just picking the best out the good. It, it's for me between Gomez and Milner, so I'm going to stick with Milner, yeah. Same as Grizz. No worries. I'm going for um, Moreno simply for Guiden. Uh, he clearly drunk Ragnar Clavin through the game. Um, <laughs> fair so shout, fair shout. Yeah. Yeah. Lads, I have to touch on this because um, the chaps had a hard week and now I'm not talking about Ian. Um, it's Dejan Lovren. Um, you know, absolutely slaughtered last week. Um, a lot of talk about him from anyone that anyone just pick somebody and they, they've all spoken about him. Uh, words of encouragement from Klopp and, and defended his player throughout the week. He gets named in the team um, and goes out to warm up and comes back in and, and he, he can't play, um, leading to Clavin coming on. But I don't know. This situation has me a little bit a little bit confused, to be honest with you. Um, you know. Ability-wise, people question him, but I think this is maybe down to it. May be mental. It may be clearly mental as to what's going on. Ian, um, you touched on it last week about uh, Lovren. I think you may have touched on his personal life and, and stuff going on there. But could this be having a bigger effect on him than than we actually give a credit for? Yeah, of course, of course. I said that last week. I, I think he's already like going through hell. Do you know what I mean? Mentally. And the thing with Lovren is, he's a very, very nice man. Do you know I mean? He's, he's one of the only players who will stop and sign at autographs for two hours. He come from, like, he was a refugee when he came over the country, so he's got a lot of time for people. And he, yeah, I think he feels things a lot more than a lot of other people, a lot of other players. You know, some players are just robotic and they just crack on, they earn a living, they do what they've got to do and they, and they get on with it. I do think he, he wears his heart on his sleeve a lot, Lovren, to, to his detriment sometimes, obviously. But yeah, I do, I do think he's struggling and I think he's very, if he hasn't already had some sort of mental breakdown, I don't think he's very far away from doing it because, like I touched on last week, if your marriage breaks down and you, you're having issues with seeing your kids and all of that, it's, it is crippling. Trust me, it's crippling. And now he's got to deal with that as well as 10 million Liverpool fans around the, around the world saying he's shit and he's making mistake after mistake. Because, and then he, it's, I can guarantee yet that no one on that pitch wants to do better than Dejan Lovren. No one. But he's trying too hard and his, his ability level is already not as high as someone else's. So he can't afford to slip even 5% Lovren. And like I said to you just before we started recording this, and you've just touched on a bit there, and I'll say it before Chris pretends it's his idea. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't even injured pre-game, if he's just gone out and he 
he's just not mentally right at the moment. You know, I, mean? I would not be surprised if he's just if even Klopp's had a look at him and thought no. Do you know what I mean? Because Klopp deserves a lot of credit for how much he's back on Lovren, because many others wouldn't. Could you imagine Mourinho? Uh, Mourinho, sorry. He'd have fucking hung him out to dry months ago, but Klopp's backed him. Rightly or wrongly, he's backed him continuously. And I think it, there's, a, there's a good possibility that he's seen him in the warm-up or whatever and just thought, no, you've got to be cruel to be kind sometimes. You know what I mean? Did anyone see him? Did anyone see him limp or anything like that? No, nothing. I mean, I, I don't even know what the injury's supposed to be, but, but I would be very surprised if it isn't more of a mental thing, to be honest. Well, they said groin, didn't they? And then they said muscle strain, so it was, Klopp was slightly unsure. Yeah, I mean he can say whatever, can't he? It doesn't mean yeah. shit. But yeah, exactly. I, I I just think he needs to spell out the fire and line me. I, I can't see him playing for Liverpool after this season anyway. But I do I do genuinely feel for him when you take the football side out of it. As a human being, he's a really nice man. Now I know people turn around and say, "Well, I don't give a fuck what type of person he is. I just want to win games." That's all well and good. But there's a human aspect of football as well. These are human beings. And he's going through an awful lot of stuff in his private life. And sometimes people, people need to take that into account. And I understand that a lot of people on Twitter and that are like 17-year-old lads who haven't got a clue about life. They haven't lived through anything and they don't understand how it can affect you. Uh, do you know what I mean? From day to day. And I'm speaking from experience and say it can really kill you off. So... I've got an awful lot of respect for him for trying to fight through it, but there comes a point when you've just got to take him out of the firing line. Yeah, no, because, you see, after the game last Sunday, um, I was furious with Lovren. I have to be honest, absolutely furious. Um, and not only him, a couple of other people, but when this when this week went on and all the talk about my thought, you know, he's going to get picked. He's definitely going to get picked here. And then when I was actually driving... Um, to get back home for the game yesterday and I heard there's been a late change and it was Lovren and I actually went back and looked at the goals against Spurs and it was just his body language after the goals it was as if he was talking to himself it was as if everything was getting on the back of him you know into his head and I, I immediately I, I was the same as you I immediately thought his bottle is gone there's something gone here you know in, in a warm up where he's something's happened you know and it made me think this could be more mental but Grizz if it is a case of, um, you know, he's mentally scared by something or, or there's something going on in his private life that it's, it's getting the better of him at the moment, what do you think is best for him? Does he keep playing or does he need a little bit of time off or or is it all down? Is, do you take each character as they come? Is it different for each person? It's very much different for each person. But, um, you know, I'm going to give Ian's opinions again. But yeah, basically, like a fucking look, echo in here. Look, look, look. <laughs> Dejan Lovren is a top, top guy, man. He has he has gone through shitloads. Look, I read during the week, and I was I was honest to God, it really because look, we all fumed, we all pissed off with Lovren. But when I read shit about death threats and his kids being kidnapped, you know that really, really saddened me. Because at the end of the day, there is a human aspect, and and this guy doesn't look a he doesn't ask to be picked right this is this is it has it has to come down to Klopp. Klopp picks him if he's out of his depth the lad look that's that's Klopp's needs to see that i i i think he's gone gav i think he's mentally gone and when you're in that state 
you have to get away. It's like with anything. You've got to get away from it and have a small break, a little break. He needs to get away from football. I don't, we don't know what his personal situation is like with regards to his family, whatever. Maybe spend time with his close ones. You know, I, 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 again, I'm one of the conspiracy theorists. I don't think there was an injury. I think there has been abuse from the fans at the ground, and it's got to him again. And maybe Klopp has seen something, or, or Lovren's just said, look, I, I won't be able to handle it. I can't handle it. In my opinion, again, I don't think Klopp should have picked him because, look, there's nothing wrong with dropping a player who's had a bad game. It's part and parcel of football. I don't think it was right, maybe, for Klopp to put him back in the firing line after such a bad performance and after hauling off after 30 minutes. If he just had a 90-minute bad game and he was selected again, that's, that, even that could be understandable. But when you've hauled off someone for the first time in your bloody career, because we know Klopp doesn't make any substitutions, early substitutions. But if you've played that bad for Klopp to take you off after 30 minutes, you must have been very bad. And yeah. on top of that, you're Dejan Lovren, who's not very, it seems he's not very stable, mentally stable as well at the moment. You know, I just thought it was, it was I just think it was a bad, bad showing all, all around that. that. That incident sort of, you know, didn't go down well with me. I think, I think, I think he's gone. I think he needs time out break i think you know the quicker the quicker klein can get back into the team then gomez can slot into next to matip if we're going to play four you never you never know we might start playing this three but um yeah i i i, I don't know man I, I can't see him definitely not beyond the season i, I just don't know how many more uh, times he's going to get picked in the first team when he's fit now even can i can no, i just no. say you know the reason why he might get yeah. picked again is because of how bad clavin was mm. and but I, that's I what i'm saying maybe... I think maybe Klopp's thought, as bad as Lovren is at the minute, and where is Edza? Yeah. Yeah, but, dog shit. yeah, but that's he... why I'm dying for Klein to come back. Yeah, I was going to say Well, that. it's not even that. He, he, might, he, he might need to bite the bullet, and he might need to put Trent in a right back and say, look, Trent and Gomez are going to have to do something there because I'm not playing Clavin. I think uh, Matt, I will come to you now. Go on, mate. No, I will come to you. And the, way, the, the reason I got thinking about this all week was because um, when you looked at last Sunday and... You know, he's hauled him off because he's he's obviously seen a fella having an absolute mare of a game. Um, he's he, The chances are he's spoken to him. There could be personal issues there. And he thought, you know what, I'm going to have to back this player, put him in again because he wants to play again. And it's backfired on him. Um, or he just backs Clavin, Lovren because he, he likes Lovren. But something that came into my head as well about the me- mental thing was the season before last Liverpool played away to Southampton. And there seemed to be no issue. And Lovren went off at halftime. And the reason came out was because he was basically being affected by the crowd and the abuse he was taking from the crowd. So I don't know if he's mentally the strongest guy in the world, but when it comes, when it comes down to this situation, it's a, if, if, it might be an injury. It may be, but if it's what we all suspect and it's, his head is gone, would you be up for giving him, you know, like we have an international break next week, so it, giving them a week off and just saying go away for a week and, like Grizz said, be with close family. Or <laughs> do you have to go with Lovren if he if he wants to? If he, uh, what I'm trying to say is, do you go with what Lovren is telling you? And it could be I want to play football, or do you go with your gut instinct and go listen? He wants to play, but it's clearly not happening. That's what I'm trying to ask you. Firstly, mate, you don't sound to go away with his family because they fucked off on him, lad. 
<laughs> no, 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 you mean just close ones? Yeah, it? no, 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 I mean, no, I mean, listen, 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 you listen. Know what, I mean. what I think about uh, laughing, I think Matt, you should be lucky, Matt, you should be lucky there was a question at the end of it. I know, yeah, you fucking take your time <laughs> getting there, money. No, I'll tell you, it's, no, because you know what, it's, like, it's actually effect, it's not affected me this week, but it, it's something that really got me thinking deeply about it. That's, well, well, let me answer that. Trying to explain. No, I'm not going to let you answer because don't don't give me Ian's opinion now. <laughs> come come back to me. Come back to me, Gav. No, no, I'm not going to give my opinion. So, like, I reckon he's a very, very proud man. So he is. He will be saying to Klopp, "I'm ready. Put me back in. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine." And a lot of the time, when it is affecting people, they're not the ones who will see it. It's other people who will see it. So Klopp needs to be brave there and go. You know what? You're not me. You're not fine. You're coming out, and maybe he did. I, I don't know about all these conspiracy theories, but maybe he did see it, and and that's why he's pulled him. But I reckon Dejan's the type of guy who keeps saying he's okay. You've seen him after one good performance, he comes out talking like he's crazy. Do you know what I mean? He's that type of guy. He's very confident in himself. And I he, think that's fake, Matt. I think I think he's insecure. Well, it doesn't matter. I think, do you know what? Can I, can I just say right? He'll be faking it to clock as well. From someone. Sorry, mate. It's, it's, Go on, mate. I, I've suffered from mental illness the last eighteen months. That that's. You know what I mean? People who know me know that. I don't even think you're lying when you tell people you're okay. I think you, you want to believe that you're okay that much, that you, you, you portray it outwardly. Do you know what I mean? You're like, yeah, I'm fine. That's what yeah. I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. yeah. And that's, that's what and I'm trying to get fine. at. You're not that's fine at all. At. Is, he, is he telling Klopp that and Klopp believed him and then Klopp decided afterwards, I, I know this isn't... I think he's a proud man and he, he doesn't want to say, no, no, I'm struggling, you know. He wants to be fine. Like Ian's saying there, and that is what's happening. But now it might actually be Klopp seeing it and gone. He needs he needs two three weeks off, and I'll give it him maybe even longer. We gave it to um, remember we've done it with Sterling in the January of thirteen fourteen because he just he played the whole season. He was mentally fatigued. Yeah, he went to Jamaica, didn't he? That was it. Yeah, and he, we talk about uh, sent him away. Matt was, was Matt was Matt was there as well. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, soldier boy. <laughs> soldier boy. He got Jamaica. Jesus, we bought Van Dyke to fucking Blackpool. The other cunt got Jamaica. But it does work. Do you know what I mean? I mean, football is a stressful game. As much as we all want to sit here and go, oh, he's on 100,000 yeah. a week. It, it means fuck all, mate. It's oh, it every fuck all, single yeah. day. Millions of people are watching your every single move, criticizing you. Every move. It gets to you. Fucking Ferguson does. I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not arsed. I don't want him near our team, really. But. To say it doesn't affect him, that, that's bullshit. So yeah, I would give him three, four weeks off. We've Clavin shite, I know, but I, I would, I would put Gomez in there because he's doing all right, and I'd probably put rather than Trent, I'd put Milner at the back because he knows how to protect him. That's a shout. Yeah, um, yeah, you're you're probably right. Like Ferguson was famous for it with Ronaldo. He used to send Ronaldo off on a on a mid-season break most years, mm. and um, in around international breaks and stuff like that. But look, as much as we criticise the guy and you know, we all have our views on him. If if the chap's having a hard time, you can, all you can do is wish him the best. And if a break is what's needed, that's what's needed, you know. Um, but look, two quick two questions to finish off with. One is from a friend of ours, Ben. And Ben wanted to know, if everyone is fit, he basically wanted to know what midfield stroke forward you will play. Um, Grizz, I'll let you go first. Everyone is fit. And I want you to pick the front six. Front six. Okay, yeah. so midfield. Um, this should be fun. This is great. How long have we got? <laughs> now, fun the six, only thing is, Chris, if you want, if you want, I'll keep an, I'll keep a note. Can you, and I'll can let you, you know can how you many count, players can you, you pick. Can you count with me? 
<laughs> oh, absolutely. No one can count with I'll you. I'll right, be able to count for you. So I'll be counting for you, not with you. Good man. All right, so basically, look, I think I'd go Emre and Ginny holding. I'd, pl- I'd play 4-2-3-1. No one cares. Uh, Just give us your six. <laughs> I, have to, I have to fucking con- contextualize it, don't I? Is that... Ooh. Matt, so I can't just name you a six. He's gone, he's, he's gone big. All right. <laughs> massive as a life. Gav, yeah. you carry on counting. They always do this. Try to put me off numbers. All right. So I've well, got Emre and Ginny. Emre and Ginny. And then I'd go yeah. Salah, Phil, uh, Mane, Bobby. Okay. Fair enough. That's six. Well done. Um, you like you like you like your childhood crush there, Carl Vardaman, with all the numbers. Fair play, you. Um, Matt, I'll come to you next. What's your front six? Uh, same, just slightly different setup, with more of a four-two-two-two, um, with Mane and um, Salah up front, Bobby and Coutinho behind. But I'm I'm happy for Salah and Bobby to switch as well. Um, and then Genie and Chan as well at the back. Okay, cool, yeah. Ian, who are you going with? I'd stay 4 3 3. Mm-hmm. And I, Emery Chan wouldn't start a game for Liverpool again for me until he signs a new contract. I don't care yeah. how much I like him, he can fuck off. So I would go Henderson, who neither of them chose, and he's the captain, so they're both mental because he's going to play. So Henderson... <laughs> no, no, it's who, it's yeah, who it's you not, It's play. who you'd pick, innit? So start again, son. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd, I'd pick Henderson because he's the captain. Right, that's right. So I'd right. go pick Henderson, Wijnaldum, Lalana, and then the front three would be Mane, Salah on the wings, and Bobby up the middle. So where's Coutinho? No, no Phil! Flop. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Phil. How, how's your count in there, lad? <laughs> I'm just thinking of Lalana. See, because you you're not going to play. You're not going to play Lalana and Coutinho in the same midfield three. You just can't. That's why I've gone for the, yeah. If you've gone for the dime. But well, Lalana will start. So, yeah, he will change the, he will change the formation, yeah. I'd go with Wijnaldum, Lalana, Coutinho, Mane, Salah, Camino. No, I'm just telling you. I know I would, I would. I'd play... I'd play um, I play one of them deeper, deeper to the tree with Lalana and Coutinho. Well, and I go with the front three as now. Either am I really. I'm only asking because I like Ben. Yeah, no, um, Ginny playing as a six. I do want to talk about... I like Tommy Gunn. That's internet. Internet. Poor internet, lads. You got DJ Selector on. Poor internet, Matt. That's what you're in. Beatboxing, Chris. 20 pence at the meter there, Grizz, will you? Yeah, it's, it's running low, guys. Bear with me. <laughs> but no, I did contemplate Ginny at the six. I thought we, we, we could discuss that at some point. Ginny as the deepest lane midfielder. Every week you do this, where something was meant to go, do you know what? I was actually hoping we could discuss this. And before <laughs> the pod, I'd say, do you want to discuss anything? No. Right, I'm making the so, agenda for next week. Fuck you, all. All right, no problem. All Listen, right. last question, lads. Um, Right, uh, superpowers. This is what we're on to this week. Uh, Ian, I'm going to come to you first. If you can have one superpower, um, what would it be? And nothing from Batman can be included because he's, he's not a superhero and didn't have any superpowers. Of course so, he did. Oh, go on, no, go. he did. 
Um, he didn't have any. He, it, no, he didn't. He just had massive amounts of wedge. Yeah. You know I mean? He couldn't fly it on. Right. I've got my superpower, but I did yeah. think temporarily about I would like to be able to change race whenever I wanted, just so right. I could be black and call people jive turkeys because I love that. And a white <laughs> person can't call people jive turkey because he looks yeah, strange. This, this sounds like changed... trouble at the end of this. Go on. No, no, no. <laughs> So and then I changed that, and I thought, nah, it's not really a superpower, giving people abuse. So I would go with, I would like to be able to alter time. And by that, I don't mean, like, go back 100 years. I mean, if I could just go back Last five minutes. If you If I could alter five minutes, forward or back, whatever, I reckon that would be an awesome special talent, okay. special power. So. Really? I, I, my name would be fucking Time Man or something. <laughs> <laughs> man. Yeah, you really thought that one through. Yeah, well, <laughs> my name, I didn't think the name through, but I, I just think of all the shit you can out of if you could just go back five minutes and do something again. Well, well, you see, the thing is, you ordered, you ordered takeaway food tonight, and it took about three hours to get there. So you <laughs> still you, sat you, there because the Grizz can't count to six. <laughs> yeah, I know, but you need to go back more than five minutes. You need to go back three hours. Yeah, but I recognise my deficiency, and I recognise my deficiency, and I asked the host with the mostest to count for me. You've got more than one deficiency, but yeah, I think if you could go, if you could go back in five minute intervals, like, you, yeah. just think you'd be sound. Nothing bad that ever happened to you. Well, unless yeah. you got like AIDS or something. But even then, you could go back five minutes before you shagged the brass or whatever it was that gave yeah. it. You, you don't you don't find out like five He's minutes after you shagged it. Oh my god! I know your bell end doesn't start flashing or something like that. Hey, some of the birds <laughs> I've been with, trust me, you'd know within five minutes. <laughs> within five minutes. They all wear beacons on the top of their head, did he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell, right. Chris, um, superhero time. Uh, I know you consider yourself a bit of a I've superhero got, yeah, anyway, I've got, I've, I've, but I've got what would your yeah. superpower be? Well, do you know, mine's quite a serious one. Mine's a quite thoughtful one. Mine's one, one of those that, you know, uh, I'd, I'd love to be, Ian's the, Ian's the time man, did he say, yeah? In that case, yeah, yeah. I'd, be, I'd be the healing man. I'd love to be able to heal people, cure people. And, you know, one of the aspects I'd like to cure people and heal people of, apart from the, the major diseases and the cancers of your, the nasty cancers and Ian's AIDS and all that shit, your STDs, right, that he's got, right? What I'd like to cure is people's anger and heal people's anger. Because you know how much venom there is on social media at the moment and Twitter and all these people that are going mad, absolutely mental over people's opinions and views and FSG out. <clears throat> you know, these people, there's a lot of anger out there. Didn't you offer someone out on Periscope? That's right, yeah. No, 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 Periscope. Yeah, Grizz is one of the most angry people <laughs> I know, <laughs> so he, he so wants to cure himself. No, Grizz, you know that's about shut actually, up. Listen. Sorry, guys. Grizz, I actually think you have this power already, and <laughs> the way you have it is, don't open your mouth. And then no, there'll be guys, no hate exactly. in this world because you no, cause no. most of it. I thought you were no, going to no, say you guys, beatbox, man. Guys, you guys are my brothers. Shut up. You lot know that I'm not an angry person. That's all an act. And if I ever come across angry on Twitter, I ignore me and laugh it off. Come on, you're supposed to be preaching that kind of vibe, not Probably making it worse angry. for me. So, yeah, there's a lot of anger and there's a lot of venom in the world. I'm just like what would your name be, Chris? What would your superhero name be? Angry man. No, the healer. The healer? Yeah, healer man. Healer. Like, <laughs> like, like, I'll be heel man. 
That's the one. Oh, <laughs> man. And everything. I just thought of you in this, like, I just thought of you in this little hole. And, you know, you're just putting heels on shoes while people are going in to do that big shop. Yeah, you, but, uh, you asked for it and you guessed the wrong one. <laughs> Wait, no, man. Wait, that's a yeah, cracker. Yeah. That's a cracker, heel man. Okay. Yeah, carry I'll, on. Yeah, and don't ever sing that theme tune to me again. Um, <laughs> Matt, <Man. Matt, laughs> what's your superpower, man? Right. I would have power to float an inch above the seat that you're sitting on. Because, okay. hear me out. I spend a lot of time on planes, and honestly, mate, my arse at the end of every single journey, I'm constantly <laughs> pulling my fucking bockos out my arse, down my legs, honestly, all over the place. So if I could just float an inch above that seat, my my life would be heaven. Absolutely. Even now, like I'm sitting, it's 35 degrees out here, it's one in the morning, and honestly, I'm soaked through to downstairs. My gooch is a mess. I need, I need airflow. Around my balls, <laughs> my arsehole. You know what you need shit. to do? You, <laughs> need, you need to fine. take your trousers down. <laughs> you need to take your trousers down in an open field, maybe a golf course, and just relax. <laughs> um, do you know what, though? I was going to say, it sounds like a job for heel man, now. Heel man. <laughs> Solve his hot gooch, Chris. I'm not, I'm not having <laughs> fucking dressing with every gooch. I can hear you, Gav. Uh, Matt, I'm coming over. When are we going over? Chris, Don't worry. Chris, I've, got Chris some, can... I've, got some, I've got some healing tips for Matt, all right? Trust Chris me. Can, uh, Chris can... Solve your hatred of your sweaty regions. You can, you can actually. <laughs> he laughed me rubbing frankincense. You, you know what? You're laughing there, but he will. He's Asian. You think Chris has never dealt with a hot ass before? <laughs> the amount of curry he eats. Yeah, he'll sort you right out, honestly. Nah, I need airflow, mate. It's a different, different world. Your superpowers are dog shit. You basically just don't want sweaty nuts. And he wants yeah. to fucking stop shouting at people. They're the two yeah. shittest fucking. Oh, mine's man. healing power. Heal yeah, man. Oh, mine's healing oh, people, on. you fuck. It's not about shouting. Stop it. You're getting me Ian. angry. Yeah. Ian, I won't hey. agree with you until you, until you come out. He'll start beatboxing in a second. I ruined it with time, man. What do you reckon Gav's special power is so we can go on the big rides at Alton Towers? <laughs> I just want to be stretched. That's it. No. <laughs> uh, he gets, he um, gets, uh, gets Chris to put some big heels on his shoes and then he's ready. Seriously, I'm a... <laughs> I, I, I could help <laughs> <that>. <laughs> <laughs> Give us them two inches there, Chris. <laughs> yeah, when I, when I went to do my big shop, I'll come back out and I'm six inches yeah, taller. What's happening me already on a private? Look, hey, Chris. Heel man. Heel man, is... <laughs> Heel man is just there to fix me. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, the superpower has to be the superpower has to be flying, doesn't it? It has to be. Why? Mate, you're not flying. I just thought you go fucking anywhere you want to. You know what I mean? It, it, it's mm. flying. We, we can it is. For me, it's good. The airport flying, flying would be flying. lovely. It's been done but, to death. I was thinking out the box. Yeah, but but I was the thing thinking is, about um, my own box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, now. What are the chances of seeing Heal Man advertisements now on the telly in the next six months? Hey, listen, I've got fucking exclusivity to that, man. Just fucking, he, he has it in his head now and he's going to go for it. Channel, I know he is. channel 798 on Sky. <laughs> fucking quiz comes yeah. out. The only problem is they'll have to dub Grizz at the end. You know the way you have listen, to call it? Everyone. Do you know, no way that. Shall I tell you, you the beauty, Gav? Come here, Gav. The beauty of my superpower is everyone in some form or another aspect or another needs healing so there's always a job for me lads do you know what i mean well, that, that's the beauty it. of my superpower 
eventually. Why don't you just become a barber? Everyone Listen. needs barbers. <laughs> or a funeral director. <laughs> yeah, I suppose, yeah. No, but they wouldn't need I'm, not, I'm, I'm not thinking about anyone else but myself. Yeah, my superpower. Grizz, midwife, with your healing hands. You'd be amazing. Oh, healing hands. What a, what, a, what a tune that is. That'd be my That would be my opening tune. That would be my signature tune. Reach out. If you the ad. Healing, or would it be? Or would it be <laughs> heal, man? We've got a choice there, lads. <laughs> yeah, but when you do the ads and you're on the telly and you know the way it says just call and you give the phone number, there's no way you're remembering that phone number. <laughs> so we'll have, we'll have to dub somebody in on top of you. Who would you, who would you, who would you dub in? And I actually won't ask you, Grizz. Ian, who would you dub in on top of Grizz's, on, on top of the picture of Grizz to call out the phone number? Uh, Joe Pascali, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but you know the way, like, they, the way they shine like a bat sign in the sky for a... Well, Batman, yeah. obviously. For yeah. Grizz, what would you shine in the air? Like a fucking big leg of chicken or something? <laughs> a just massive, think, oh, massive <laughs> wheelbarrow full of rice. A massive naan bread. <laughs> a massive naan bread. Uh, <laughs> you, race, you racist fuckers. Yeah. Look at that. Naan bread and rice, huh? Oh, it, oh, rice. That's all you'd ever it fucking post pictures of. It could have been, been a full English. It could have been my full English, right? But you didn't go there, did you? I've seen your Yeah, I joined the Mercedes sign into the... Into the into the night for Yeah, because then his dad will come. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. think, I think I think I think that's the shape this week. But the shape of his dad's head around it. You know what I mean? And uh so yeah, that's what probably go for. Well heel man, fuck off. Listen, that's the end of the show. Uh episode nine. Back back four. I don't even know where that went. Um should be here later on this evening. Keep an eye out. Uh Matt, Ian and Heel Man, uh thanks a million for joining me tonight. Yeah, that's been good. How do you next one? Over and out. Okay, parachutes ready. Boy, the things I go through to get auto loan rates as low as 0.99% APR for 60 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Sports Social Podcast Network.